Don't you want to do that every time you hear that song? No, I want to bang on the table like like that. Oh, okay. Well, but I also don't want to. That's that's just amateur podcasting. Well, I'm an amateur. Table. No, no, I'm not. I'm not calling you an amateur. I'm calling the banging on the table. This is amateur podcast. Thanks for holding off. I did it four times. Hey guys, this is the Bitch Seat Podcast. I'm Lisa Mandel. I'm Philip Casal. <laughs> podcast professional, Philip Casal. <laughs> We have on the show today the uh, incredible J.W. Crump, who is ha, must have more hours in the day than the rest of us. I don't know how he does it I'm all. not sure what he, yeah. Um, but, uh, I think it's his logo-less baseball cap that sort of yeah, he provides came, he some came, power. He came in wearing a brand-free baseball cap, which uh, he drew attention to. Yeah. I, wasn't, I didn't think it was oh, suspect just, at all. It's just an innocuous baseball cap. It doesn't mean anything actually. Actually, it's got the chip inside yes. of it that gives him the powers to add more hours to the week. And find more Pokemon. No, we're not talking about that. Sorry. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. No, not going. Every there. open mic I've been to this week has been Pokemon Go jokes, and I just, I, I don't. I yeah, because have people one. are absolutely desperate to get away from the actual things that are happening in the world right I know. now. I, it's escapism. I mean, it's every for you know in the seventies it was Star Wars. This right now it's Pokemon yeah, Go. Yeah, and as you said, as you said uh, recently, um, this summer is probably going to go down in history as being one of the more violent ones. Yeah. Did you say that or was it somebody I'll else? I'll say, I'll take credit. Don't don't Great. think about it. Okay. Summer of 16, the world is on fire. And how would we fight that? We catch them all. No. <laughs> we stampede through Central we Park. We flee for a- into our past and <laughs> take refuge in strawberry Pop-Tarts. So, oh, yeah, can we? Yeah. No, no, uh, nothing on top. Just plain... Strawberry pop. No, no, tart. it needs to be frosted. No, 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 no. Do not fuck with me. It needs to be frosted. No, 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 honey. No, <laughs> that's, don't, don't honey that's me. All, I've never honeyed anybody, and I felt so dirty. And I already haven't showered. Now I need to shower. So okay, <laughs> continue. What is it? Is that that's uh, this that's is ballerina? Satin. Satin. This is satin. satin. Yeah. This is the original one with the toe shoes on the front. This is so. This is from fifth grade. So I was first finding my feet. This is in all different colored pens. Uh, this particular entry is written in purple. It's from April twenty sixth. 1993. Wow. And I called it Dear Diary. This is before I named it. This must have been before I read uh, The Diary of Anne Frank because when I read that, that's when I started naming things. Nice. So this is like pre. This is a deep prehistoric, cut. Prehistoric, a deep cut. Dear Diary, I'm tired, but I must write this. Yesterday at the airport, I think I saw the angel, Daniel. Uh, by the way, for context, Daniel was a boy in fourth grade who I was completely obsessed with. And he ended up moving to like Mamaroneck or like Long Island or something after fourth grade. And I felt like he had been plucked from my life specifically as like the universe punishing me personally, like of all of the people that could have moved. How many crushes did you have at at that time? Well, he was the, no, that year he was the only one. Oh, okay. It was like, so then you hardcore. Was that the defining moment when you, when you decided to have a crush on every boy to cover the hole that Daniel left? No, no, no. Up until that point for like earlier elementary school, it was like rows and rows of initials, but nobody like, nobody really rolled me over. As my dad would say, when he doesn't like something, he's like, that doesn't really roll me over, which I think is so condescending, but I love Stu J. No, Daniel, I was one track mind for Daniel. Okay. I'm not going to say his last name because it's really particular. And so I would feel bad if people started stalking him. Same arms and legs, same shoes, same hair, same face, but he wasn't wearing his glasses. It looked just like him. Well, over vacation, I saw a lot of cute boys. I somehow named them for what they looked like. Uh, so this was my family went to Disney World, and whenever I would just like start having fantasies about strangers. Me too. Um, and I would and I would bestow upon the strangers' names and have these fantasies in my head about them. Me too. Same thing. Yeah, I somehow named them for what they looked like. There was Josh, Tim, etc., and then there was Chris. All white boy names, just really. I grew up in Guilford, Connecticut. What do you innocuous. fucking want from me? I don't know. Where's like a Wren or a, not a Stimpy. Like, I don't know why I thought Wren. There was a show. I, I don't no, know. my town was the whitest. I was like the least white. And it's only because I was Jewish. So yeah, yeah, that's the scale that we're looking you at. You were the least white. And then there was Chris. White. See, Chris was sort of special. First, I saw him at the Japanese restaurant. Then at the arcade in the hotel. Then on the elevator. It was sort of like destiny. A boy I named Ryan sat in front of me through the whole plane ride. He was cute, but diary, now I know there will always be an empty hole in my heart from when Daniel left. 
He was the boy I loved the most in my whole life. And no matter who I end up marrying, no matter what boys I have a crush on throughout my life, I'll always, all capital letters, remember Daniel, and I'll always keep a space in my heart for him. Oh, wait, look at this. Now, just like Anne Frank, holy shit, did I call this or did I call this? Now, just like Anne Frank, I think I'll name you diary. I'll name you satin because of the picture on the front. That's all I have to say. Love LMM. Holy shit. I totally <laughs> spoiled myself. Spoilers. I swear. I, you know what? It's that yellow fucking hat. That yellow hat. JW, JW came in that, in that hat and we knew that. Manipulating time and space to get things done and, and create the, uh, the flashback. What you're saying episode. is JW is, is God. No, I'm saying he's like some sort of a doctor who type of character, but an American. Like, so it's, it's, it's a baseball cap. Instead of a, a a police box, so it's Doc Brown. Yeah, no, well, he he came barely through. The His yellow hat is the DeLorean, and it broke the space time continuum. And now I'm gonna page back through the earlier pages of the diary and find that they're all named Satin. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's anyway. good. See, you're getting it. You're getting oh the sci-fi God. tropes. Wow, I I'm pretty impressed that I had that little psychic moment there. Very that's cool. wonderful. I really magical. Thanks. I'm not. I'm not really. I'm not blowing smoke up your ass. That's. Uh, I do. I I value this moment because it, that was like. Thanks. I don't like bidets. They make me uncomfortable. Me too. I've tried them. I've tried them, and I don't. I gotta say, I don't know if I want. Well, it's not smoke that goes up your ass. It's it's just very gentle water. That goes up your ass. But how many times have you peed in a bidet by mistake? I've never. Do, do I live in Italy normally? No, I was like one time I was in a, when I, when I was there. I feel like everybody has that experience when they're, when they're in Europe and they see a bidet for the first time and they think it's another weird toilet. No, there's a toilet and then next to it is a bidet and you're like, okay, well this one has a little pool in it and this one has a faucet uh, that, that, that water comes out of onto your butt. Okay, so I'm dumb. No, uh, I mean, it depends. I'm not saying that. Honey. Um, no, or no, <laughs> where, no, honey is struck from the vocab. I, Hate, I hate saying that, and I, I can't you know, even carry through that You last night you called bit. me pumpkin for the first time. I know. What's going on? Am I having a stroke? No, you're just turning into a. You're just turning into I'm a. Turning dad. into the patriarchy. I didn't mind the pumpkin actually. It was you didn't mind the pumpkin. Too. I don't know why I called you pumpkin again. Why did I call you pumpkin? I don't Were know. We, was I stoned? Probably. Okay, this is a this is a show about childhood. We're not going to talk about drugs. Fair enough. It's not a drug. It's a medicine. Okay, let's get to it. It's an herb. So, uh, so uh, on our show today, we have um, uh, an actor, writer, director, producer, all the fucking things. Um, Time he's, traveler. He's got this long-running show called Gas Station Horror, which is a huge popular hit at the People's Improv Theater. We are very excited to have on J.W. Crump. And uh, and, uh, and we are very... I, I, I want to take this time... Uh, while Kent figures out what he's doing to uh, let everyone know that I, I uh, am a big fan of J.W. Crump as well. And it is a pleasure to have him on the show. He's laughing and, silently. And let me count the ways. Uh, 100, 1, 100, 2. Maybe we can edit this 100, out later. Yeah, probably. Let's just, we'll, we'll, we'll cut this bit out. <laughs> um, and uh, J.W. Crump. open window looking out at the pouring rain outside you know the moon is shining on the on the ocean you see uh, the silhouette of a bird in the distance a single tear comes down muted. his cheek yeah the colors are a little muted except for like the golden glow of the sunset and maybe the tile floor yeah and the grass the green grass he's looking out upon hi jw that sounds like me <laughs> well i i'll do does every guest get their own like image theme yes. song? Okay, yes. that's funny. They get yes. the theme song. They don't get the narrative. The, the entire time, I was like, oh, "What inspired them? <laughs> what about what? Is, who even is this? Is this Alanis Morissette? No, it's Sophie B. Hawkins. Earlier than Alanis Morissette, a community parody fame. N- no, Where, remember that episode Wait. where Britta and Community <laughs> wanted to have a. Uh, um, oh, who's on the Silver Dollar? Or who is on the... Uh, oh, yeah. Susan, Susan B. B. Anthony. Anthony. And she messed it up and said Sophie B. Hawkins. Oh. <laughs> and then she had to have a, so- a Sophie B. Hawkins. And then they got her. Because, I, I mean, I, I don't know if what Sophie season B. is. is that? I, it's either five or six. Oh, I... It's the later. It's okay. it's later. I, I think it's six. I stopped around yeah. four and I, I regret it. I kind of want to keep going. Um, I'm, 
people argue that four is not that good and it's not it's the worst yeah but i think five and six are great and i think four has a couple of select episodes i was a big community fan me too yeah i have a couple of friends who've worked on community oh yeah yeah. allison brie no shout shout out to briggs hatton who was a writer on it and to ari costa who worked with the producers oh cool and also worked in civil war Yes, and also worked on Captain America Civil the War. Event? Oh, the movie. <laughs> he he actually, also worked on the American Civil War. Yeah, of the Ari, Ari Costa actually he he has a yellow hat as well, and he <laughs> all actually the, all the power players in the world are wearing yellow hats. Yeah, and he actually there was a he went to the slaves' quarters and he was like he saw a slave and he was like, honey, no. <laughs> what? And then there's like, let's start, let's start the. Start the underground, and then and then let's. Let's anyway. start the underground. Ari, Ari, Ari let's start the underground. The underground he, started he started. I and can't then, wait to tell him to listen. To and this then episode. he went to Abraham Lincoln's quarters and was like, "Listen, honey, you have to. <laughs> you got to drop the honey. <laughs> I told you we struck it from the vocabulary. No more." Although he, I will say this as a southerner, no one ever says "honey" in my family like positively. It's always like, "Oh, honey." Yeah, I know. <laughs> like it's like about oh, like you did see, something wrong. This is great because or sweetie, yeah. honey or sweet, uh, sweetie. Uh. Yeah, you're on fire. Or and whatever. if the listener, the listeners can't see the eyebrow raise, the single eyebrow raise, but it's pretty severe. I one of my one of my good friends, uh, Carol, grew up in Memphis, and um, and I learned a lot of those things. The kind of like bless your heart kind of yeah. thing. Uh, bless their heart, uh, or bless your face. Bless your face. Bless your face is less used, which is why I like to use it. And I feel like bless your heart is is can be sincere. Like, oh, bless her heart. Her husband died or whatever. Oh. Or, but... Uh, bless, uh, bless her heart, she tries. But bless your face is always dead. Yeah. Like, oh, bless his face. He's just dumb. Uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> not, his... not great at Not, not great uh, at math. And so where... It's, it's meant to be like, oh, they're handsome, but nothing else. So they're yeah. pretty or nothing else. Uh, bless their face. Where in, the, where in the South did you grow up? North Carolina. Very Western, like Boone, uh, Hickory, Asheville. So, like, Most people know Asheville, yeah. which is not... A big city. People but love when it. I say North Carolina, they're like, oh, I've been to Asheville. I have family in Asheville. And I'm like, that's the city? Growing up, I would have never assumed that one day Asheville would have been like the location. What was your top pick for a city that people would tell you that they'd know? I would have guessed Boone. Because not only is um, I've never heard a- of Boone. Appalachian State University there, which was the college that a lot of my friends went to, mm-hmm. but it's you know it's the mountains, it's where uh, a lot of stoner culture. There's also a lot of skiing culture, mm-hmm. so it felt like there were like things there. Yeah. Well, the Asheville, I don't have like one thing that I, that like represents Asheville. That's just because you have some Boone pride. Boone pride. Boone yeah. pride. Hashtag. Um, My sister lives there now too. So I think I also associated with it because like, yeah, that's where I'd go. So did you, uh, generally speaking, did you enjoy growing up there or was it, a, or was it, uh, did you want to get out? Um, wanted to get out. I know specifically that I told my parents really young, like too young to for it to be taken seriously, but it happened, um, Time Lord, that I uh, that I wanted to move to New York, and it was all because I played that video game Streets of Rage. Yeah, <laughs> and that's what I assumed New York was like. And my parents, even to this day, were like, "That was such a violent video game." But I was like, "But there were turkeys and trash cans. <laughs> <laughs> wait, New wait, York wait. was the best." <laughs> wait for the uninitiated. Can you tell me about Streets of Rage a little bit? Yeah, it what, was like a, what kind of was it an Atari it, game? It was no, it was, was like a arcade-ish. Super Nintendo Sega Genesis yeah. that oh, okay. generation. Like it was like game. a scrolling beat 'em up. Yeah. One of those things where you just walk from left to right. You were three heroes: white guy, black guy, girl, mm-hmm. as the classic you know trio uh-huh. of characters. And you'd beat up people, but it was a crime ridden New York. Yeah, wasn't it also like? But it had real New York like like locations. Yeah, in right. The it was like also two white guys. It was like young guy and then like white guy who has an old guy who has a mustache and a belt over his shoulder. He has a belt attached to his belt. Oh, like Hagar. Yeah, yeah. Like the that. mayor. Yeah, he he's mayor. the mayor. He was a mayor who was also a professional wrestler, which was very prophetic, I think, for like uh, the Rock, who's going to run in twenty twenty, or Schwarzenegger, <laughs> yeah, that's or fair. like any yeah. of those people that like it, it seems so stupid then. But then it just came true. So, okay. So you're playing this Breaking game. Breaking down barriers, yeah. okay. And the game is Literally. like really violent, but that it, it's, uh, I'm sorry. I don't want to cut off your joke that you're making. No, I was, there was no joke. I was just making fun of the, not, it wasn't, it was a visual joke. So it was okay. useless. So sorry, listeners. Um, no, so you, you, this violent video game was your inspiration to come to New York. Why? Like what, what about it was exciting to you? I remember specifically, it just looks so 
busy and bright yeah. and things are all like neon and there were all these like businesses and it was just like <laughs> it was just so different from like small farm town yeah and it was it was one of those things that to me that was what a city was yes was, exactly was it was dark and light at the same time like it was constantly yeah, night. lots of neon yeah. people were there were always people around so maybe i mean i don't know trying don't, to murder you but also no, i mean not wrong about new york being, uh I don't want to project onto you what I thought about New York because I also was dying to get here. But for me, it seemed like the the ultimate antidote to, to loneliness because I was always so fucking lonely. I hated spending time by myself. In New York, I was like, there are people everywhere, literally all the time. And that was what drew me to yeah. it. Though let me say that even though I always had that plan, I grew up in North Carolina my entire life. I went to Wake Forest University, so mm-hmm. also in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And I enjoy North Carolina quite a bit. And even sometimes, now that I've been in the city for five years, miss it, miss aspects of it. Of course. But I have no, it just doesn't offer me anything. So I wouldn't move back until maybe like super retirement. It's kind of how I feel about New Jersey. I, I I live there some days of the week and I miss it when I'm not there, but it really has nothing to offer. See, the thing about where uh, producer Kent has a picture of Streets of Rage and it really goes to show you the the artistic quality, the the sort of... There's I mean, a the, breakfast the diner. There's a breakfast yeah. diner in the screenshot. Doesn't that design. sound great? Yeah, I didn't the, have a breakfast the diner. The colors are all really vivid. Got purple, orange, teal. Yeah. It looks like there's action happening. There is. You're punching people. And you're stealing turkeys from trash cans. See, if I played that game, all I'd want to do is walk around and look at the background images. I wouldn't care about the in punching video people. video games part. these days, you can do that. You can actually... You can play games, not kill people, and just run around. Well, I know, but that's like virtual reality. And I say, just go outside. Just go the fuck outside. Okay, so there's a dividing line, and it's the side scroll. So, like, if you could side scroll, you'd be fine. No, I feel like there's, I think it, it, the, the more realistic video games become, the less I'm interested in them because I'm actually terrified that the entire world is actually going to turn into our idea of, like, the quintessential alien with the giant head and the tiny body yeah. and p- human beings never actually make contact. The Matrix, basically. Yeah. The, the more real video games get, the closer we are to the Matrix. That's what I think. It's kind of like what, Assassin's Creed and Grand Theft Auto are, are definitely, there were moments where I was like, why am I even doing this? I could just go outside. But Especially Grand with Th- Grand Theft Auto where you can literally go outside in New York and st- instead and, of playing the hit game cars. in New York. And, and hit actual cars, yeah. yeah. Um, sorry, sorry to take you away. So you were in North Carolina your whole life. You went to Wake Forest and then you were propelled here. Did you know like that whole time? I lived in DC for two years. Like I had an in-between city, a starter city, (laughs) a starter city. It's kind of big. It's DC. And did you want to be, did you have something in your mind when you got to New York? Like I'm going to be a writer in New York. By the time I got to New York, yes. Um, By the time I got, when I got to DC and part of the reason I moved there and not instantly to New York or LA or any of the places I was thinking about was that senior year of college, I was such a empty shell of a person in terms of like dreams. (laughs) Just Why? Because, Why? because going to college itself was like the goal. Oh, like, you I'm, sound just like me. I'm someone who has very broad goals. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'm not like, I need a specific job. I'm like, I want job. <laughs> and it was like, I want a college. I literally picked my college degree because it was the major with the least number of classes that you would have to complete. What to was make that? A major. What was the major? Economics. Oh God. Really? Bad, JW? It had one less class. How economical. Yep. Yeah. Truly. And so I liked my classes fine, but I was like, I'll make a B average. I'll work my two jobs that I need to pay for school. I'll get the easiest thing. I'll join some clubs, do some theater, join my fraternity. I just wanted to have like college, mm-hmm. like one or two plays. Fraternity involved, but not super involved. Like all these that like little. That sounds so healthy elements. and balanced. Yeah, but I like over planned it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm such a planner. And, mm-hmm. and part of me was like, because I'm the person who's like, Oh, it's Friday and I have nothing on Saturday. I'll get drunk tonight. But it would never be like spontaneous. It'd be like, I'm going to drink my four beers and get drunk or whatever. Right, 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 right. Four beers. That was not true. That was not accurate in my college experience. So were you... Was there more? Was there less? More. more. You were always a planner? Were you a little kid? Now it'd be four. What? Now it'd be four beers would get me drunk. Oh, yeah. Back in the day, I'd be lucky with two. Yeah. Endless natty ice. Oh, endless. Endless. The Matty Actually, no, no, it was Milwaukee's best. It was the beast. I think we had Milwaukee's a lot of Rolling beast. Rock light. Is that a thing? Rolling yeah, Rock light? I've it was in that. a green bottle. Did nobody else do like Everclear and Kool-Aid in the bathtub? Oh, We've yeah. We've done Everclear, yeah. Everclear and like lemonade. Yeah, Like a lemonade juice. powder we would mix. Oh, Crystal Light? Yeah, Crystal Light yeah. or something, yeah. We used to do it with Gatorade and... Ugh. 
It was kind of gross. Yeah, but then that, wouldn't that, wouldn't that actually I like that. Yeah, kind of fight back against the hangover while you're getting drunk. Yeah, that is true. Good plan. It's like putting ice in white wine. Ugh, don't ever say that to me again. <laughs> Honey. Ah. All right. All right. Um, What's the bell for? I don't know. It's whenever <laughs> I, there's a... It's a timeout bell. Okay. I don't know. Um, so, okay. I want to I want to somehow segue into your into this artifact that you've brought okay. because it's pretty epic. And I want to know... I'll help you out. I consider myself a writer, <laughs> primarily. Well, oh, well, you don't have to. I mean, you don't have to force... Uh, I thought it was good. I thought it was casual. <laughs> I thought that wasn't super casual for everybody. Um, you say, well, you asked before, like... Um, what, you know, why'd you go to New York, basically? Yeah. Like, did you have a plan? And by then, I did. In D.C., I, like, tried some film stuff. I thought mm-hmm. maybe I wanted to get into production. I still enjoy production, but it, it didn't become the focus. Um, pre-production things like writing and actual and comedic performance and stuff like that took mm-hmm. the focus. And I was like, well, if I'm going to do comedy, I want to move to New York, like haven of comedians. Because mm-hmm. I didn't actually even know that many comedians. I knew some actors, but they're most like theater actors. Right, right, right. And I was like, I just want to be around other people pursuing the same thing. Mm-hmm. So I went to New York with the idea of let's be a writer and a comedic actor slash stand up or whatever. Um so and that's happened, which is great. Yeah. Um, five years later, doing it. <laughs> that's pretty amazing. That's pretty short time actually. Yeah. It doesn't feel short when you're thirty one, but it is. Yeah. It truly is. You know, it's five mm-hmm. levels of Streets of Rage. I'm yeah. a level five. <laughs> And do you do you foresee yourself staying here for a while longer, like for the long haul? Yeah, people have started to ask me that more. I think it's because when you say five years, people think you're starting to like itch. You know what I mean? A little bit. I don't know. I've been here for eleven years, and I mean, I'm itchy. I'm real itchy. We'll see. Um, but but I've always told people like I like LA. I've even been there from time to time. I would only move there right now if I had a job I was going to. That's what people say. Um, I, I used to say that, and then I was like, I'm not waiting for that job anymore. But yeah, and I mean, certainly that will change right now. I'm getting work here, so there's no reason to move. And I have just so many friends who move to any other city. It doesn't have to be LA, you know, Chicago, Denver, whatever. And they just, they go there with a lot of aspirations, a lot of talent, maybe even savings. And they just, you know, they didn't go to anything. And it takes a while to build up again. For sure. And that's scary to me. Like, I've got the build up. I want to ride the coast in New York for a while. Yeah, do it. Do it. Yeah. I love it. Do it. Do what I would not was not able to do. Oh, JW. ride that coast. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh. So yes, let's let's talk about this. Yes, please. It's a lot. So you have um, you have a, <laughs> because it's a lot. <laughs> well, it is. Look, there's like yeah, a thick stack of papers there. JW has a manuscript here. <laughs> um. Fr- uh. With an amazing like old old school word processor like super pixelated cover page mm-hmm. that says JW Crump. Burglar bust up with a lock on there. Yeah. Nice. Uh, uh, what do you call yeah, that? But, Clip art. Yeah. 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 You know what? In the 1930s, that would be the title of the screwball comedy. Right. Burglar bust up yeah, with yeah. the lock. Yeah. Dan Aykroyd's in this movie. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. What? Um. What compelled you to write this? Was it a school assignment? Did you decide to just go for it creatively just go for it creatively i loved choose your own adventure books yeah who didn't um we had a small local library and there was a whole section i don't know if they just because they were all by the same author or something that they were all together but there was like a choose your own adventure section yeah mm-hmm. my and library I, too yeah and i legitimately went through it kind of in order because even though they're all standalone titles they kind of they come out in order and they they were numbered at least by this one brand right. and so i would just go and get two or three Check them out, finish them ne- by the t- next next time I was there, and I eventually read all of them. I became obsessed with this genre of book, and it was never for school because choose your own adventure books were never like on a Assigned. school reading list. Because yeah, it's I guess they were it, they were not challenging. They weren't challenging, and also you could theoretically read ten pages and complete a story. You know right, what I mean? Right, like right. it wasn't even a lot of reading unless you did what I yeah. did, which is go through every scenario. Right. <laughs> um, and they're kind of having a resurgence in kind of a satirical way. Like yeah. there's funny ones like office escape and you're like an office drone. Yes. And, but also there's lifeline, which is a cell phone app. Have you heard of that? This? No. You would love this lifeline lifeline. Uh, basically it's a long form app game where you, uh, an astronaut is stranded on a planet and he can only talk to you. And so he asks you questions. What should I do here? What should I do here? I'm coming up onto a clearing. I see this ship over here. And then, he he uh he sort of goes off and is like all right well I'll do this I'll get back to you and you wait about an hour and then he gets back to you with an update. 
That's so interesting. Yeah, it's only two bucks. I like that. I, that kind of also reminds me of those old FMV video games, which I was kind of obsessed with, you know, like full motion video. Oh, yeah. So yeah. it'd be something that you would be like, like Night Trap. And <laughs> Night Trap. Yeah. And you would be like controlling things, but you'd also be just watching Dana Plato. Yes. <laughs> like run away from bad guys. But it was very much like you made choices and they seemed to affect the outcome. Like I loved RPGs. I think I just like games with like a narrative choice. Of course. I, like, I've been playing Life is Strange recently, nice. which is a wonderful game. It came out in 2015. Are, do you, do you, are you a, would you consider yourself a gamer? I no. No, that um, that name there, has some connotations to it. Well, just because I don't play the games that I think gamers are associated with. Mm-hmm. Like I don't play a lot of um, first person shooters, FPSs. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. I don't play a lot of I play mostly RPGs, episodic storytelling, so like the Telltale games, the Walking oh, Dead, those, are those great. kind of things. Love those. And I'll play the occasional like platformer racing, like have like love Mario Kart, played them all, own most of them. Did you play a lot of video games when you were younger? Like, yes. And did you are you an only child? No, I have a sister, but she's 11 years older. Oh, so you so, essentially were an only Yeah, we child. were two first children, essentially. Yeah. Because by the time she was in high school and or moved out, I was, you know, in elementary. And was there ever a, was there ever a cap placed on your video game playing? Or were your, or were your parents pretty cool with you doing it whenever you wanted for as long as you wanted? Well, my, I was, um, like, kind of home alone a lot because I... Uh, yeah, my cause my parents were working a lot, mm-hmm. and and uh, and not because they're like CEOs of all the companies, but they were just you know hardworking, pleasant, blue collar people. Mm-hmm. And uh, my mom was a teacher eventually, and my dad was an insurance agent. It's mm-hmm. a small town, so you just kind of do work until you're done. Yeah. And so I would come home, do homework immediately, mm-hmm. and then after I did my homework, they would basically be like, "Look, as long as you've done the homework to the best of your ability, have at it until bedtime." And that's what that was what you chose. Yeah, I mean, like obviously there were like things I couldn't watch and things I and, yeah. But they were basically like, look, as long as you get your homework done, like what? Who are we to say don't play two hours of video games if you have the two hours? Right, for sure. Well, as long as you were getting it's the reward done yeah. first. Yeah, Did you... it was always that. So I became great at homework efficiency. Um, I I wish I had been that efficient with homework. Homework took me way too long. Same. Way too long. Struggled with it. Um, I. So did you ever have like social dates or were you a pretty, were you a pretty loner kind of kid? No, nah, my parents are pretty strict about uh, like socializing and stuff. Like I think In what way? I remember the one party I went to and it was fine. Um, what? Wait, wait, hold up. Why? <laughs> Just because they were, it was a very conservative parents. Um, you so- grew up pretty religious? I guess like it, it was less about like they were super religious. They're Southern Baptist, which has some uh-huh. connotations to it. But to be honest, they were just more... They weren't, the, the strictness never seemed to come from a religious, like, place. It, it seemed to come from a, we just want to make sure you don't mess up your life. And so we're going to give you so many boundaries that there's no way you can, like, wreck a car. But to be fair, like, I drove to school senior year, and they, I learned a lot about doing things myself. Like, they said, mm-hmm. hey, if you, you can buy your own car, and we'll even pay for half of it. We'll put in what you put in you have to pay for it yourself. Little did they know that I would be, okay, I'm going to work super hard and get a great car and I saved up like $4,000. Holy shit. Yeah. I worked like two jobs because I was like, oh, now I can get the best car. And I kept saving and eventually they told me like, okay, you have to buy a car now. Like we, eventually you're going to have some like Ferrari and <laughs> we can't afford that. Wow. Um, I got a Honda Accord. Lasted me That's forever. really nice. impressive. Yeah. So it was one of those things that like, at the, sometimes I look back on, I'm like, man, I wish I could have, you know, party with the cool kids, but I also look back and I'm like happy with where my life is. And I think part of it's because they were strict and um, they were strict, but also reasonable. Like again, homework done, have fun. Yeah. But I mean, you, it doesn't seem like it phased you at all that your parents were kind of like over, overprotective in that way. Like you seem like, you seem like actually more grateful for the for for the lack of opportunity to go outside <laughs> because it meant that you were much more productive inside and you could get done your goals. Yeah, I think so. It also did drive me to do some specific things in college. Like I didn't go crazy by the standards of what I was doing. Of course, I went crazy because having a beer was crazy. Right. But it also did encourage me to like join the fraternity because I was like, hey, I need to kind of learn how to make friends. Yeah. I need to learn did how to have, lead people. Did I you need- have friends growing up? Or did you avoid them? I didn't. I didn't. I didn't actively avoid them. And certainly like at school, Mm -hmm. I had buddies and stuff. Mm -hmm. And even every so often, like, you know, 
there'd be like hangout things afterwards, usually under the guise of like a group project mm-hmm. <laughs> or something like that. Um, and I have some very fond memories of my buddies, but honestly, no, I can count. I don't even think it'd fill up the five fingers on my hand counting friends from high school that I like really actively keep in yeah. contact with. Mm-hmm. Um, they're all, most of the people I knew in high school, like if I saw them, I'd be like, oh, hey, that's great. Let's catch up for five minutes. But I think there's... You were already on your way. Yeah. I Most of my close friends started happening in college years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but then I had a group of buddies that I hung around with. I was always like the fifth friend, if you know what I mean. Like there'd be a click of four and I was like a bonus if I was around. Hmm. I wasn't essential. And, to the, I wasn't essential to the click, but when I was there, I didn't ruin it. Guest but, star. Yeah. But you enjoyed. I was a recurring but, character. Nice. That's great, though. I mean, it sounds like it's something that that's a role that you actually liked to fill. At that, the time, I think I bonus. did. Honestly, I think it was like I, I'm a total introvert, and I think it wasn't a lot of pressure, and I needed more alone time than I realized, mm-hmm. and I recharge from being by myself. Right. That makes you an yes. introvert. Yeah. And but also, I mean, I'm noticing a trend where. Even as a kid, you had two jobs when you were at school as well? Or? Yeah, I certainly worked at Lowe's Foods, which is a grocery store that is now something really generic. Like a, It almost sounds like the try and save from The Simpsons. It's got a name like that, like dollars for food or something. Like It's, it's, yeah. it's so silly, but like a huge four. It, yeah. it really does have a name like that. Um, but oh, that was a... Can't love that joke. I've got keeping that, keeping that in the stand-up. Uh, but... Yeah, I always, I definitely had two jobs in college because I was a waiter at an Outback Steakhouse. Classic. And I always had like a work study job. So it was, I think it was different every year. It was gift shop one year, gym one year, librarian, library, librarian. I was a librarian one year. A library like stealth, like shelf stacker. So I always had waiter in that. And then I would always just have like the grocery store gig for most of high school. And then like one other thing that I was doing. Like, you know what I mean? But like I think one that's other really small job. A, a, an extraordinary amount of action. Yeah. I mean, that doesn't sound like you really had any, any opportunity or really any desire to kind of stop and unwind. Like, I think one thing that I, that I really miss about childhood was the unwinding. Well, it was swaths of time in yeah. which there was nothing planned and it was, bef- it was, I wasn't old enough to drive. And so I was stuck with this time and in that time was when I was the most creative. So, um, I mean, what I'm saying is I miss there being time to be bored, but it sounds like you avoided time to be bored. Yeah. I mean, I can't remember a lot of like lazy days, that kind of stuff. I remember even specifically, this is the most like symbolic. This is what would happen if I was a character on parenthood. (laughs) So there was this one time (laughs) and I think it was specifically Wake Forest university, but it was definitely college app days. And I was like writing it on our like one shared home computer, like Mm -hmm. doing the app online. And it was probably NC state actually, because I knew that was all online because you got accepted if you just applied. And, um, or I did, I don't know if everyone did. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. All my high school friends. If you didn't, if you got rejected (laughs) from that great institution. Um, and a friend came up because I had a window that faced uh, like the street, mm-hmm. and, you know, in, in small form time, you just walk places. Yeah. And so a friend just literally did the like knock on the window, like Sam from course explains yes. it all. It's like, Hey man, Hey man, what's up? Because I was on the ground floor, luckily. And he was like, Oh, I'm working on this. He's like, Oh, we're going to go throw rocks. I don't know what, yeah. whatever kids did when they were 16 yeah. and have sex. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I was just like, no, I gotta, I've got this and then other work and then job later. He's like, okay. And he ran away. And I remember even in that moment being like, Oh man, am I like the? Am I the uptight kid? Am I like that kid in the in the show? Yeah. Am I the? I've watched Pretty Little Liars. Am I the? Am I the Spencer? <laughs> am I that girl? Is like, sorry, I've got college apps, even though I'm 14 and a murderer's after me. <laughs> I'm so busy. I mean, I mean, yeah, but like, if you weren't, if you were a happy kid, then who the fuck cares? I mean, I think I was happy. I don't remember being sad. That's amazing, <laughs> right? You'd remember that, right? Well, I was sad. I was deeply sad. Not you sad. specifically, yeah. but people in general. Oh, they I remember. think you remember. I, I think remember. remember. I mean, it was sad. I was never like deep down sad, depressed. It was more like, why are they, why are they making fun of me for liking a girl? You know, that sort of thing. I will say this, though. One thing I had a lot. My parents don't even 100% know this. Uh, but they knew way later, but they didn't know at the time. I had panic attacks a lot. Uh-huh. But they took a weird form. They took a form where I, I've only vomited once in my life. 
Like, and I remember wow. the exact moment is terrible. What? And You've I know. vomited once in your life? My dad claims he never has. You're I think a unicorn. We just, I think we just have strong stomachs. But my sister will vomit if she sneezes too hard. Well, <laughs> so, yeah, like, yeah. there's there's a range. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, like, I, I remember always feeling nauseated. Like, I was nauseated. And it took yeah. me a while until a while later to realize that that was me having, like, not breathing enough and having, like, a panic attack and getting anxious. Yep. But I was manifesting it as, I'm nauseous, I'm going to throw up, I am scared of throwing up because I don't know what that feels like. So I was, my brain was trying to rack itself around, like, uh, a cause. This is huge. But though. it was, like, a big group thing. Like, if I was in, we had this thing called the singing Christmas tree that was, like, 100 kids and we all dressed, like, as, like, a part of a tree and you like sat in a big thing and just sang oh, choir songs like choir songs and I kept leaving rehearsal and they're like why and I was like I just feel sick I think I'm gonna throw up and I never did but that was me having a panic attack yeah, yeah. And it was just because I wasn't used to huge group setting and also I think when I didn't want to do something I didn't know how to like tell my parents I don't want to do this right. I think I was just like I'll power through it but then my body was like no thanks no thanks you introvert yeah, well, I'm actually going to make you a living nightmare for a while. Yeah, I mean, I have to say, I'm, I'm sorry that you went through that. However, I, I will over. say that it humanizes. It does it now. Now I'm understanding it humanizes because like mm -hmm. you can't be a kid who's firing on all cylinders like that, working two jobs and doing all this shit and not have it not have manifest kind of, itself. Manifest right. It somewhere. Yeah. So it was manifesting somewhere. Do you still panic? It's rare. Um, it certainly still happens, but now I think it happens. I, I you know kind of how to control it and how to calm myself down. And yeah. I think honestly it happens um, twice a year at most. Mm -hmm. And it's not even when it, you would expect because you would think like, oh, I'm a performer. Maybe it's when a big gig's about to happen or, you know, I've got no, a big... No, it doesn't. It doesn't. You it save doesn't. it up and then it comes out at a totally random time when you're not mm -hmm. expecting it. Yeah, it'll be like, I'm cooking. Yeah. <laughs> and, this, <laughs> and this risotto is like overwhelming me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it'll be something like that. So it's funny. And I think I got more into... I don't get nervous anymore with performance. And I think that's partly because I kind of like got so good at controlling panic. Do you think that getting involved in improv really helped tone down that panic impulse inside of you? Or do you think it like it, it opened up a channel to to like let stuff come out of you without, without controlling the future? Yeah. I think, I think improv, it was more the former. It, it dialed down like panic of, I think it would dial down the panic of anyone, mostly mm -hmm. because you learn that like, and I know you're not supposed to say that you make mistakes in improv. I think that's BS. I think <laughs> people make mistakes constantly. Um, but it teaches you that, hey, not the end of the world. When right. you bomb. Yeah. Like in improv, you can... I've done some stand-up shows that like weren't great. But I have bombed in improv. You do a move. You expect it to be great. Oh, for sure. I've wanted, I've wanted to fall into a hole in the ground what, and like run off the stage for no reason at all. You yeah, know, there's there's down. wisdom in either in striking out or hitting a home run either way because you're going to get up again and you're going to hit. You're going to try something. Yeah, I think improv is just like a microcosm of life yeah. at large you're which just gonna, is like you're gonna fuck it up but yeah. like see how you can you can just get up and continue going but and it's also forgiving your train of thought it's forgiving where you're I was just imagining a level one teacher being like you're, you're gonna fuck it up it's just like life <laughs> now get out there and do some zip do, zap zap do level one teachers <laughs> smoking. not he's smoking in my head <laughs> who yeah. is this teacher I wanna know who this me. guy is <laughs> yeah, yeah it could be you me you should do it I would do it I would teach level zero like I would be like fucking hard ass yeah in the corner with my cigarette in my rolly chair they don't they don't allow smoking it simple no fuck you two thirds of you gonna fail <laughs> I'm gonna have my vape pen in the corner in my rolly chair that's fine yeah um, all right. Uh, listen, the suspense is killing me. Yes, we have to and talk about And I know we like artifact. suspense, but we have to talk about this artifact. JW, right. set it up. So, again, I was obsessed with Choose Your Own Adventure books. Yes. And so I wanted to write my own. And the, you'll notice that the title page comes from a computer. And I think the An rest, Apple 2GS. Yeah, exactly. It's those kind of computers. And I think the rest might have also been computer, but we also had a typewriter, so it might have been a combo of both. But what I had oh, to do cool. was I wrote it all with without with um without page numbers, and so I wrote the whole book without page numbers, and then I laid it out. I remember on my living room floor to make sure the branches worked, and then hand wrote the page numbers, but then had to go back and retype it all because you know. Yeah, but this it, is like what what screenwriters do yeah. with post-it notes on their wall. Yeah, that is. Extensive. I did that on my floor. Um, How old were you? 
Seven or eight. That's wow. incredible. Seven or eight. This set the fucking building blocks for you to be doing what you're doing now. Yeah. And what's funny is I asked the librarian at my middle school or elementary school, probably at that point, and I was like, hey, I'd like to send this to publishers. It's 45 pages long, to be clear <laughs> to the listeners. It is not publishable. Um, and she was like, well, okay, you know, encourage kids to dream or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and I sent or it whatever. And I sent it to a bunch of places. My my mother helped me out with this. Uh she was very supportive knowing that like I was like going to like move off to New York that night when I got <laughs> and mo- I got a lot of form rejection letters like you do. But I got one rejection letter that I, I couldn't find. I think it's a, a like North Carolina home. Mm-hmm. But there was like that recognized that I was young and was like, "Hey, uh this is a reference at the time, you know, like they say, but y- you have a, you have talent." you should keep writing, blah, 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 encouragement. Like it was clearly like a, a letter written to me. Good. And that was something I kept for a very long time. Cause I think I even remember my parents being like, Oh, they like read this. You know what I mean? Like they were like, this is a real thing you did now. How yeah. did you take the rejection? Uh, my, I don't, I don't remember, but I, in preparation for this, I, I talked to my dad and he was like, yeah, you didn't care. You were like, you got him and you're like, makes sense. <laughs> like, <laughs> so I think it was like that Ira Glass, that Ira Glass quote of like, you have a taste level and you're frustrated when your taste level doesn't meet your end product. Yes. I think yeah. as an early yes. kid, I was like, I get it. Not as good as the real books. No, I love that speech. I wish that I had had that, that, uh, that foresight when I sent my po- my three poems to the New Yorker and, and I got a, a form letter of rejection and I was like, I don't understand. This is exactly what they want. So I... This is what the yeah. New Yorker needs. Yeah. Well, they were poems about New York. The world didn't the need burglar bust up. It did. So here's the thing. Yes. Here's my idea. Yeah. Since it is a choose your own adventure and this will take literally the branching paths take, I think, five pages. Yeah. Um, nice. I thought I'd just read it out loud and you guys could choose. Yeah. Right. All right. right. Might have, we'll at least have time for one. Okay. Burglar bust up by J.W. Crump. There's a secondary title page because all the books had that. <laughs> it was it without the art. Um, the first page says, warning, do not read this book from start to finish. Start at the first page, then read and follow the description the instructions at the bottom of each page. Happy reading, which I'm pretty sure I just stole from. Like, I was going to say, box. I yes. feel like I recognize that. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure I just stole that. Well, that's great. Uh, that's I fine. got rejected. It doesn't matter. All right. <laughs> Makes sense. You are li- also, I never gendered my main character. I would had the foresight to say a boy or a girl could See, read this. Way ahead of your time. No. Oh, at least I don't think I do. Now I'm going to realize that you are lying laying. I should have been laying. Oh, whatever. No, lying is right. You're lying in a hammock on a Saturday morning, listening to the birds. Your friends, Emily, Justin, and Chris are enjoying getting sun, too. Your parents come out and tell you that they are going out for a quick look at some new shoes. Nice. Can I just say that the setup kind of sounds like a long math problem, and I'm already having some anxiety about it. Same. I'm waiting for the train. (laughs) I know. Bye, you say, happy to be staying at home. Not a fan of shoe shopping, apparently. (laughs) Later, your friends and you are playing a board game when you hear a car pull up. You look outside and see a black van with four guys with guns. Hanging around what? outside your house. It got it got a lot happened quickly. <laughs> that escalated within yeah. a paragraph. Do you A tell your friends or B just keep watching them? Um, I'm gonna tell my friends. That's what I would do. Uh, okay. What, what would you what would you have done? Would you have done the opposite? Um I I would I would probably tell my friends too, but I don't but but I, I also want to know what's going on. Like, I don't want to tell my friends and just run away. I want to tell my friends and, and keep watching. I want to do both things, JW. Well, that's why it's a tough choice. Yeah. I okay, would... I'll tell my friends. Let's, let's, let's tell our maybe, friends. No, maybe that's impulsive. No, you like... know what? This is what a kid should do. A six-year-old okay. kid should tell their friends. Okay. Yeah. All right, turn to page 39. <laughs> well, I thought you said your pages weren't numbered. But they are now. Like I said, they weren't numbered in the original, like, oh, thing. Right, tracks, right, 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 right. And I also put from page one so you could go back. Uh, that's super helpful. Yes. Yeah. Um, you t- I think that was also for me as the author, but yeah. You tell your friends to come quick. They rush to the window and gasp. Emily lets out a shriek and nearly faints. Emily not taking it well. <laughs> We've got to do something, Justin says. We could, A, lock all the doors. B, call the police. Wait, you're not going to do both <laughs> again? 
You're not going to do both. Only time for one. Lock on the doors. Call the police. Call the, uh, call the police. Call the, call the police, yeah. Yeah, because I want to know what happens when the doors are not locked. At this point, though, I do All not right. trust the police. But as a child, I would implicitly <laughs> trust the police. So I would absolutely call them. Oh, my God. Wait, wait, well, it's not canon what race the kids are, so it's fine. Kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> the closest phone is in the... Ki- oh, this is at the end. So you made it to the end. <laughs> the closest phone is in the kitchen. All four of you thunder down the stairs to it. As soon as you dial 911, a masked man comes in and grabs you away from the telephone. <gasps> no! <laughs> the last thing you remember is a hideous masked man tossing you like a rag doll down the cellar. <laughs> the end. But wait a second. That's your cellar. You should know how to escape, but also, I, I imagine you fucking... He tossed you like a rag doll. break your neck you on the stand. Wait, can I ask you if you had... Uh, a particular like readership in mind when you wrote this? I don't know, but I, I will tell you, we can do another one real quick. We should do the, another the one. The endings are often violent Let's if they're negative. Let's do another one. That was quicker yeah. than I thought. I just noticed something, though. Oh, yeah, they're all, I mean, it's 45 I, pages. I just noticed something in, in correlation with this and what you, what you do at Gas Station Horror. You present the audience with a scene before the kill. Now... Instead of showing the kill, you're showing a way it could have gone, mm-hmm. and it's up to the improvisers ah! to choose their own adventure. Basically, you're commenting on how it's going to go, I or just extrapolating. I love narrative choices. I want That's, everyone to just have narrative choices. Oh my god, it's all coming together. You've been so on brand since the very fucking beginning. That's what my parents said. <laughs> uh, so let's go back to: Do you want to just keep watching them instead of telling your friends at the very yes. beginning? Yes, yes, okay. yes. I actually have no idea where that goes because I feel like everyone chooses to tell their friends tell their because friends. it's a dare commercial. You know you should keep an eye on them so you stay at the window. You jump when you hear a loud banging at the front door. Don't answer the door. It's robbers. <laughs> sure, Chris replies sarcastically. Really, just look outside. He's right. Justin nearly pops out of his chair. Emily runs to lock the door. In this version, Emily doesn't faint. So Emily's a much stronger character now. <laughs> wow. What should you do? A, Make a rope out of the bed sheets and climb out the window. Or B, move into a good hiding place. Oh, uh, uh, bed sheet rope or hide? Bed sheet rope. Yeah, bed sheet rope. That's, That's going to take a while, about. but I mean, I always wanted to make Please one. Please don't say that they accidentally hang themselves. I can't handle Throw them down the cellar. How? What are it's they? all cellar related <laughs> murders. <laughs> They're making a bed sheet. Oh, I accidentally tied it around my neck. Oh, no. And then they. I don't know. Bed sheets are dangerous. You start to tie the sheets together when you realize that you'll need at least one more sheet to be in jumping distance of the ground. Apparently on the third floor. Should you risk getting caught in the act of getting a sheet from your parents' room across the hall? Yes or no. So are you risking getting that extra sheet? Yes or no? Yes. Yes. I mean, I would just take off my shirt. You run. This one's longer. You run across the hall to get the sheet. You snatch it off the bed in one jerk and start to go back, but Chris signals you to halt. You see a man coming up the stairs. You need a place to hide, but where? If you get in the wardrobe or if you get in the closet. So wardrobe or closet. Aren't they the same thing? A wardrobe, I think, is a, a standing dresser kind of thing, like Lion, the Witch, in the Wardrobe. A closet. Mm. So a wardrobe is a piece of furniture. Yeah. I would I would get in the closet. Closet. Oh, yes. no. Oh, no. Oh, no. The wardrobe can be pushed down the stairs. Oh, this is the end, so we're good. <laughs> um, you hide in the closet, but a mouse runs up your pants leg. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, I knew there was a mouse in there. Terrified, you run right into the clutches of a tall, dark man. Mm, I feel like I meant dark as in... No, <laughs> well, I, he's wearing black. He's, he's brooding. Yep. He's hidden. When you look closer, it's your friends Don, Bobby, Janet, and Sue. You told us to come over and play cops and robbers, they say indignantly. The end. What dickheads? Wait, so they were essentially like... Uh, were they all dressed up? Were they on were they, each other's they, shoulders yeah, like as an adult? Horsemen. <laughs> yeah, like Horsemen. They were all stacked yeah, they on, were. Each other's, on each other's shoulders wearing a long-ass trench coat. Yep. So you got a bad ending and a good ending. Thank God. Or confusingly you know good what? ending. That really speaks to the times because if, uh, if if four people came out of a car with a with a gun nowadays. Wait. So what well, you're I saying? I can't even yeah. make that joke anymore because we're we're basically beaten over the head with that. I mean, yeah. 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 Wait, but 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 to go back to the very very beginning of the story when the <laughs> the black van pulls up and yeah. the four people get out, who's driving the van? Are they of driving age? And um, did they put bricks? Do on all the, four uh, of your friends who are children have guns? Also, I 
All those questions are valid. Also, they just broke into the house, apparently, yeah. at some point. Like, they were really going for this robber scenario. <laughs> These Janet, Sue, Bobby, and Don were going for this scenario. They were in it to win it, and they did, to be fair. So, but at the end of the... But, like... I have no idea who was driving. Also, technically, I never made it canon how old people were. So, they could be 16 and playing cops and robbers. I don't know. That's really, really That's dark. True. When you when, Do you have any memories of the act of writing that? Not really. The only other thing I remember related to, like, I don't know why the plot was burglary. I think it was just like a classic, easy, like a thing I understood generally. Like, I understood what robbery was because some of them would be like, I'm on planet Xenu or whatever Mm -hmm. in the Choose Your Own Adventures. Um, I also made a lot of board games. And I remember specifically, I made a board game that was also like a four story house. And you had to get to the attic because the attic was the only place you could hide. But it was also a burglary scenario. Did you ever get robbed? No, I don't think uh, I ever did when I was a kid. But burglary was apparently the like the thing that I both understood, feared, and could game. It yeah, can make book a book was, and a board game, like a whole brand around burglar yeah. bus. There was always an episode where somebody got robbed. Like I remember there was an I episode. I think I understood of, it from TV and yeah, stuff. Yeah, Webster. Do you ever see the like ever? What's uh, Webster? <gasps> what? Webster was the competitive show to different strokes. It yeah. was another like small, oh. small uh, black adult who never aged. But he became taller. a record producer. Oh, now I know who Webster is. Yeah. Yes. However, there was an episode. Emmanuel Lewis. Yeah. There was an episode where um, like he, well, he leaves like, I think like the father walks out and like he leaves and then you see like two dudes in ski masks like pop up from behind like the back window of the set. And, like, so quirky. So quirky, but... You know, everybody had that fucking, the template of the episode where they get robbed. Webster also had a deep cut miscarriage episode. Oh my God. That where he, he, the woman was pregnant with a biological child and Webster comes in and sees her like having what she thinks is contractions and she ends up having a miscarriage and Webster's (gasps) the one who calls it into the... This is a comedy? This is a sitcom? But that was back in the day when sitcoms had like... That was back in the day of like Facts Alive. Remember yeah. how Facts Alive every other episode would be like suicide, child pornography. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. But they wrapped it up real nice by the end of the 20 minutes. Of course minutes. they did. Yeah. Well, it was 22 minutes. We had, you had to wrap it up somehow. Yeah. Wow. It was still Blair and Joe joshing each yeah, other. Yeah, or different strokes with he fucking, with, with uh, the bike salesman or whatever the fuck when they lock him in the room. Yeah. And, I kind of, I think sitcoms used to actually be more serious. Like we think yeah. of sitcoms now as being serious and having dramatical, per, uh, dramatical things, but I think. Overall, like I remember an uh, uh, too close for comfort episode where a man was sexually molested by two women, and it was this whole plot line about like what? male rape essentially. And I was just like rewatching it, like what's going on? Like it was it was a plot that was so out of nowhere and so out of left field and such a a concept we don't even talk about now on television. Yeah, I think that I was like I didn't get the plot for a while. That's how vague it was. And all in the family used to do a lot of, of stuff. All in the family used to. Shoot for the fences. Yeah. Yes. The when she gets um she gets almost raped or does she get raped? She doesn't get raped. She doesn't get she raped. Escapes. But when she sees the guy, her breakdown. Yeah. Is it's just his tie. She yeah. breaks down over seeing his tie and like loses her marbles. I wonder. Also, there was a drag queen that was like a recurring character that eventually got gay bashed and murdered. Really? Yeah. Mm. She was in three episodes, like Beverly LaSalle or something. I rewatched All in the Family recently. That's why I know that. R.I.P. But. Beverly LaSalle. Yeah, but she was in two episodes being fabulous drag queen and a buddy of Archie, oddly. And then and they gendered him correctly. And then he like got gay bashed and murdered. Good lord. Yeah. They used to be sitcoms used to, I think, be more serious than do they are today. Do you think with the more progressive we get And now get, we have iCarly. Of course. But do you think the more progressive we get as a culture, the more like the louder the progressive set in America gets, that that uh media gets tries to place it safer in some instances. Yes. I have a lot of strong opinions about what's called the regressive left. Yeah. Um, which is when things are too politically correct to the point that we can no longer discuss or talk about them. It's a very serious way to end what I think. I think we're coming to the end of this podcast oh, we, episode. We just, and I don't want to like. No, we have to, but we, but I, this is a good discussion. Let's take a narrative choice Let, and talk about it for a second. Just a hard second. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm, I'm into this too. I, I've actually, I've, I have a lot of uh, feelings about that as well. Well, I mean, I, what I was going to say about like how TV when we were younger versus TV now, like in terms of comedy, in terms of sitcoms, it's like it used to, it, even though it was, con- could be corny and over the top and over dramatic, um, it was trying to tackle really big things. And now like the, if you think of comedies like the office or like community or like parks and rec, 
all the dramas in the show are like tiny little nuanced it's, things. Yeah. You know, like it doesn't it uh, micro character based. Very micro very, incidents, yeah. yeah. Micro very micro incidents. And I think low stakes. Yeah. Yeah. But I wonder if that's just a pendulum swing. Maybe. I I think back in the days like television was also because we didn't have the internet and stuff, the only way to find out about issues was to maybe have a TV episode about it. So I also think shows used to That's feel true. a responsibility. No yeah. 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 Well, shows used to feel a responsibility. Like the facts of life was like, Hey, we're going to actually try to teach people like facts of life. Um, right. But yeah, I think it's also swung in that way that like, and here for those of you who haven't met me who are listening to my dumb Southern voice for the first time, white guy, I'm sorry all the time. I'm constantly sorry. Um, and I, and I, I deserve all, all your hate. Uh, but I will say that I also think that like we've gotten to this culture of safe spaces and other things where people aren't learning anymore and they aren't experiencing. And um, we've all such trust in each other as human beings that we can't joke about things or whatever anymore. And I think it's probably going to swing the other way eventually. But like college campuses who won't let a comedian come on just because he like not even said something offensive, but the fear that he might say something offensive. Those college kids are going to end up right. Not. Well, it's it's one thing to say something offensive and be ignorant about it, and it's another thing to use uh, comedy or entertainment as a platform for which we can explore these issues. And I think that explore, educate, and also again, like we were, you know, talking about like like lighten things sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes serious things. And I, I really, I also think that what you're talking about is very much, uh, is very much a product of like living in a, in a city like New York where we, um, we're like the most progressive you can get in this country, you know? And if you go out into the middle of the country, like people, people aren't as, I don't think that issue is as. Probably not. No, it, it's a frustration that like, and honestly, I don't have many friends that are this way. Um, I have a couple of like Facebook friends and Twitter of people that I like hate follow just because they're always <laughs> like on the, on the verge of like, you know, saying something just to feel right and superior instead of actually believing in it. It's mm. that old thing of like, hey, instead of like saying all these things, maybe do. Like yeah. when I was assistant, oh, uh, when I was casting a play, I'm going to look for people of color and women in the LGBT community and I'm going to make an effort to cast them instead of just going online and saying and how ranting. great I yeah. am. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Totally on board with that, that. That's been happening in the last few weeks. I'm sorry. We this get, coming we... from a guy who read a Choose Your Own Adventure book where I'm pretty sure there's at least one rape scenario ending. Oh, <laughs> we didn't it's, hear that one. It's real vague, but it's just like, and then the man overtakes you or something. And I'm like, <laughs> oh. but I think I was just trying to use a big word. The and crazy I mis- part about that. that is that these people are either children or they're children who throw you into the cellar and possibly rape you. Or they're just, they're like, the reality is switched as well. Well, I, it, I mean, yeah. I mean, like, depending on the end, the ending it changes the beginning. Because, yeah. like, if, if it's the cellar ending, then they were actually it's, four men with guns. But if it's a, the other ending, then it was children. That was what yeah. was great about those books. It's is it literally changes adventure. the narrative. Yeah. I love them. Uh, well, um... Great. I right. I have a I have a gift that is completely irrelevant to this for you. What? Um, well, all the guests get gifts. Yes. And oh, because you're so into narrative, actually, um, I was completely not like that. Like I was just adjective obsessed. That was all. I, I just wrote descriptive scenes that never went anywhere. Um, and so here for you from one of my notebooks from uh, adolescence is like I'm gonna I'm gonna read it. It's a, it's a, like a purple piece of paper that I ripped out of a notebook that just says fresh, gracefully superior, majestic, elegant, full of beauty, lush, delicate, smooth, sensuous, fragile as a flower petal, graciously supreme, <laughs> soothed, relaxed, renewed, thoroughly refreshed and restored, solely cleansed, precious, comma, and then there's nothing else on the page. So I here love that is it just reads like copy of an herbal essences. Purple prose <laughs> on a purple piece of paper. I love it so much. You. And I love that it ends with a comma as if you were going to add more. I was, con- I, <laughs> yes. You're done. But you know what, JW? You can choose your own adventure on the rest oh, of that page. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, this well has done. been really awesome. And really, we, we plumbed the depths of some things that I didn't know we would. So. Absolutely. Um, great. So, uh, JW, uh, anything, so knowing that this comes out on the 31st, anything that you'd like to plug? Uh, yeah, you mentioned Gas Station Horror. Yeah. Um, we are going to have our 40th show 
on August 13th. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you very much. Is that a Friday? Uh, um, it's a Saturday. Ah, bummer. Saturday, August 13th at 10.30, the People's Improv Theater, gasstationhorror.com is our website. And we're going very big. We have uh, Julia Morales, one of our original Yay! cast members. Oh, she's, she's coming? Back. Wow. She's going to be our well, guest. Uh, she was one of miss. our season one uh, Yeah, cast. can't miss. Julia's amazing. And we're buying popcorn for everyone. And I have some deals working with uh, some local companies. Uh, they aren't finalized yet, so I won't say their names, but for some really big like raffle prizes. Incredible. And stuff. Yeah. Awesome. 40 Thank shows. You, Gas Station Horror. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, the Bitch Seed has a, an episode, uh, a live episode at QED on Ooh. August 7th at 8 p.m. Again, that's going to be a really solid show. Phoebe Robinson, Will Miles, and El- Emma Willman with uh, musical guest Rebecca Vigil, as always. And um, yeah, you know where to find us. Review us. Check out uh, thebitchseatpodcast.com. Phil is making weird mouth I gestures I, I, right now. I was um, trying to anticipate what you were going to plug next, but I was going to say at the underscore at bitch the, underscore seat. That's right. On Twitter. On Twitter. And um, check out um, at Crafty Whoop. That's W-H-O-O-P on Twitter because they are a, a clearinghouse for all kinds of cool audio and video and podcasty stuff. And, uh, you know, moving forward and looking backward, <laughs> Treasure, what got you here, guys? I'm a Hallmark card. Yeah, and going sideways, uh, 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 you know, go sideways too. I don't know. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> Covering up. Hello, I'm Ben. As always, I'm Paul. And we're from Juicy Reviews. We have a podcast where we like to talk and review movies, maybe bring on a wacky character from that movie, and always play some games. We like some games. I actually brought a clip, Paul. Wait, you brought a clip? I brought a clip. Can I listen? Yeah. I look mad young, right? Yeah, yeah. you look young in the movie, and... Uh, I hooked up with a bunch of the young chicks at the movie. Oh, you know what? You know what? It's not illegal if you're a police officer. And, and, I believe that, And this yeah. is something I wanted to bring up since you're here. Sure. Tell us about all the hookups on set. Oh, my God. Who's Un- hooking up with who? Yeah. yeah. So, all right. So, like, there's, like, these, like, Asian girls in the movie. Right. They play, I, the twins, right? I triple kissed them. Okay, oh, a little triple kiss. Triple that way you didn't get confused if it was Rachel or Rebecca. Yeah, 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 exactly. I was like, oh, whatever, and I triple kissed them. Was and was that offset or on camera, or and they got cut out maybe? Or oh, uh, I didn't do it on camera for sure. Okay. I would never because I, you know, what I mean, that's I could get in a lot of trouble for that. They, I don't, I don't know how old they are. I could never tell with them. But uh, who else? Let me see. Cecily, the girl. Yeah, I chalked. I, I chalked her. You chalked her. What, <laughs> I chalked what is, her. What is chalking? That's when you kind of forcibly kiss someone. This has been an Atlantic Transmission production. Hey!